0: Greetings and welcome to this episode of Ag State of Mind. I'm your host, Jason Meadows. Today we are featuring on the show a dairy farmer by the name of Randy Roker. Randy is a, like I said, a dairy farmer from Wisconsin. He also serves under the Secretary of Agriculture as a board member for the National Dairy Checkoff. Um, I actually met Randy through a Facebook group that is for dads and... Other men trying to increase the quality of their lives. In that group, he shared a post from when he was featured on NBC News with Lester Holt discussing his battle with depression and how he overcame that and how he was helping others to do the same. NBC News actually came out to Randy's farm and they shot footage out there and he actually talked on NBC News. It's a pretty neat little episode there. And also at the time of this recording, Randy had just gotten back from Farm Aid 2019, which was in Madison, Wisconsin, just a couple hours down the road for him. So we're going to talk to him a little bit about his experience there at Farm Aid and how the attitudes towards agriculture are being formed and being talked about amongst people who may not have the closest connection to the farm. So we're going to talk to him a little bit about that and just about how his struggles with mental health and anxiety and depression have, have affected him, have helped shape the man he's come today and um, how he is helping others to overcome that as well. So I hope you all enjoy this. Um, this is my conversation with Randy Roker. Hey, Randy, welcome to the show today. Hello, Jason. Glad to have you on. Randy, if you wouldn't mind, give me, uh, give me just a little bit of background as to how you are involved in agriculture and what your operation there looks like, where you're at in the country, in the world. You know, we'll go from there.
1: Okay. Uh, actually, my grandfather started this farm back in the 1930s. And so my kids now are the fourth generation on this farm. And yeah, we started off just like a typical Wisconsin dairy farm. I know we've been milking about 50 cows for years, and then I came back from uh, school, and then I thought we needed to expand, so it took me like 20 years to expand. I did a lot of planning and everything, so we gradually expanded from 50 cows, and we're currently milking about 300 right now and about
0: 800 acres. Is that, is 300, as far, the give me a little bit of context. I, I know very little about the dairy industry. Is that a lot of cows? Is that a medium-sized operation? What would you, how, Where would you classify that?
1: Well, you know, back, you know, 20, 25 years ago, 50 to 100 cows was typical in this area here in Wisconsin. You know, everybody had small family farms. So back in 2006, when I expanded to 300, we were actually large in our county at that time. Well, now in Wisconsin, I mean, 300 cows is small right now in Wisconsin. I have several friends that are milking thousands of cows here in Wisconsin
0: right now. Yeah, I remember I talked to a guy. Where were we? I was at Nashville at NCBA. Still not sure what he was doing there, but he was a he was a dairy farmer from Wisconsin, and I'm wanting to say he milked somewhere like 1,800 or something like that. It's just an absurd mm-hmm. amount of cows to to milk. I don't remember. Where, I, I remember he was from Wisconsin, but I do not remember his name or anything we said next to each other uh, one night, and we talked quite a bit about it, but, uh, you know, that's been a few years
1: Well, I've been pretty active in the dairy industry in the state for a couple of decades, and back in 2006, I was appointed by the Secretary of Ag under Bush at that time to serve on the National Dairy Checkoff Board, so I'm on that board of directors, and I was on it the Secretary of, of Ag under Bush, Obama, and now Trump, and I've been nominated three or appointed three times to serve on that checkoff board. And you, Jason, with the beef industry, you're familiar with the checkoff promotion on the beef side too, I suppose. Yeah, sure. This is the dairy side. I travel a lot to meetings for that. so I get to know people all across the country. And, you know, I have friends of mine that are milking 20 cows to 20,000. So that's the broad spectrum of people that I know on the board. You say 20 to 20,000, huh? yeah I get I think actually I spoke to one guy on our board he's milking like sixty five thousand and they're in like five states. you know, and it's a still a family farm. It's just mm-hmm. a large
0: family farm wow that's uh, that's kind of hard to fathom really, for me, you know, knowing the only dairy I knew of was down the road. I had some family friends they milked they milked about seventy, which was for our part of the country was pretty significant, you know, um but they ha- they've been out of it for. Uh they've been out of it for several years now. So uh so tell me about a little bit more tell me a little bit. I was just gonna say I have a lot of a lot of smaller
1: farms that I know. They're actually going to into more like a niche market. They're making their own cheese and doing things like that, selling at farmers markets, products that they make. And I have a friend out in gosh, I think it's Maine. I think is where he lives, and they actually started like an ice cream truck. Now they go around and they sell ice cream and things like that. So you know, there's a lot of different things that people are diversifying off into.
0: Yeah, um, I want to. I want to talk about that a little bit later, but that's a big part of agriculture in general right now. And you can't do it the way dad and granddad did it. You have to find these, like you say, those niche markets because you know, the industry is rapidly changing, no matter if it's if it's grain farming, if it's dairy farming, if it's cow calf operation like I'm involved in, um, the market is rapidly changing. So I have a friend that wanted to join me. There's my friend. <laughs> Great. <laughs> we accept all
1: animals. You know how cats are. Yeah. Oh gosh, those, you know how cats are. Sorry, for those God. of
0: you listening, Randy's got a cat in front of him right now and uh She looks like she's a pretty wild cat to me. (laughs) (laughs) She's up there right in his lap. So uh, she uh, looks like she's uh, pretty well taken care of there.
1: (laughs) But, you (laughs) know, it's funny. In Wisconsin, you know, here we actually have over 600 different varieties of cheese. So there's a lot of people, you know, making their own cheese and working with different cheese factories to coming out with these, you know, new ideas like that. So, you know, that's one thing, like I said, about finding these niche markets.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a big part of, I think, addressing these struggles that our industries are are facing right now. And I do want to talk about that a little bit later, but I I want to start and I want to talk about your your experience with mental health. And, you know, tell me a little bit about your journey and, uh, you know, tell me about, you know, a little bit of what you went through and uh, how you were able to kind of overcome that, because it's not an easy thing to overcome. Well, my journey started,
1: you know, I built my operation, we expanded it in 2006. And of course, 2008, you know what happened back then, the recession hit all across the whole world, I guess, really at that time. Hi. And so we were hit pretty hard after, you know, building a newly expanded dairy. And it was hard for me because, you know, I've been very involved in the dairy industry and, you know, I felt like I was failing and let everybody down is what happened to me. And so, I was the last person that you would think would have depression issues but it hit me really hard and so I you know sought out a lot of different help for that and went to different therapists and things like that but it you know it was a struggle for me and so You know, I know firsthand what it is like to struggle with stress on the farm. And it's not just, you know, depression is not just feeling down. What it's doing now is it's manifesting and coming out in people that you're having, you know, heart issues. You're having, you know, gastrointestinal issues with, you know, ulcers and things like that. It's coming out, not just being sad, like I said, but actually coming out as medical problems now.
0: There's a a TED Talk, I believe, and I I haven't got a chance to watch it yet. And Kathy both if you're listening, uh, I'm sorry. I know you sent that to me a couple of weeks ago. I haven't had the time to watch it yet. But it's talking about about how depression and, in essence, a broken heart can manifest as physical symptoms. And, uh, you know, I totally believe that that is true regardless of physical, you know, what physical uh, empirical evidence there may be, that that is a real thing. So uh, I'll let you go on with that. I just wanted to kind of interject and say that there is some studies going on saying that, that that's a real thing.
1: Uh, I spoke to a psychiatrist, uh, I think a psychologist yesterday when I was at farm aid, and he was on a panel with me and he told me that the loss of a farm actually equates the feeling of like death of a child or death of a spouse. That's what he was saying, that there's that same pain involved with this. And sure. I was telling him too that, you know, when you lose your farm, you lose your house because the house is on the farm. And that's what the problem is with farmers. You know, when they're done farming, either they you know, sell it or lose it or whatever. That's their family legacy.
0: They're, you know, it's been in the family for years a lot of times. And that's what farmers struggle with. That's an interesting point, I think, and and something that I think, you know, I, I do believe a lot of issues with depression and, and anxiety are, you know, they cross over into other fields other than agriculture. But I think that's a that's a one that I'm not sure how much anyone else can relate to that in that, you know, you lose, say you lose a trucking business or say you lose a grocery store business. A lot of times you still have, you know, you still have your home or you can make it to where but you lose a farm, there's a home oftentimes attached to that farm, and that home is where you live. And uh, that's something that I'm not sure how much it translates to other industries. So, so I'll go ahead and go on. We got off on a little tangent there, but go ahead and go on sure. and talk about your, your sure. uh, issues. So when I was going through my struggles, like I said,
1: I, you know, tried to seek out help and this was, you know, when I hit the peak of my problems, it was back in like 2008 to 2010 is when I had it really bad. And, you know, you start you know going to some doctors and they don't understand what it's like because A farm business is different. You go to a therapist and they just don't understand how it is dealing with a farm. And that was my struggle was finding the right therapist and treatment and everything like that. And I struggled for a number of years with it until I found the right one. So what happened then is, you know, basically I'm a survivor. I made it and I lived through this whole thing. Barely sometimes it was pretty bad, but I made it through it. And so uh, that was last year in October. We had a unfortunate incident here with my neighbor. Um, you know, he took his own life and it really affected my community pretty hard. I mean, it was uh, my little village is a village of 300 people and it hit us so hard. And so then that sent me back to where I was in my own struggles because he went through exactly what I was going through. So then I talked to my therapist and I said, you know, I think maybe this is my calling that I could help farmers out in my community. So I talked to the men's club president at our church and he thought it would be a good idea too. So we started putting on these meetings here, basically, you know, that farmers should come and discuss this, that, you know, there is help out there and there could be even life after farming. So we have different speakers come in about different programs out there. And we started our first meeting last year in November and there was a reporter here from the Wisconsin State Journal. And he did a story and that was picked up by the AP network and went all across the country. Mm -hmm. And that was in a lot of different farm magazines and newspapers. So at that time I was getting a lot of calls and messages from farmers across the country that, you know, they just didn't know what to do and they were seeking me out for my advice, what they should do. And so then I think that was maybe like January or something like that. Soledad O'Brien came here with her crew Mm -hmm. and they did her matter of fact television show from our little church here and so that, of course, went all over the country again, too. And i that was another wave of people writing into me and calling me about advice. And so then just lately now, we did an exclusive with NBC News with Lester Holt. And they sent their crew out here to my little town of Loganville, filmed at my farm. And they did a special on, like, I think it was Americans Under Stress or something like that.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, I think that's uh, something. It was called something. News. We'll find that. We'll find that uh, as we do post-production. I'll put a link to that in the show notes if I can, uh, if I can locate that interview with Lester. That was uh, that was really a uh, really a touching time to kind of bring this whole thing into focus. And uh, I'm I'm a little curious as to where was the point where you found that you needed to do something about your mental health. Is there a is there a pinpoint moment where you are saying, you know, enough is enough. Let's, let's change the way we're doing things. Well, my, my personal struggle peaked out, you know, I was so bad
1: and it was to the point, I don't even like to really talk about this, but I kind of envisioned my own funeral with my family there in the funeral home. And that's kind of like when you're not, doing very good mentally. And that was like the pivotal moment for me that I hit my rock bottom. And that's when I started to change things personally. So then when I got my life on back on track again, and then this happened with my neighbor here, I just thought that we needed to be able to talk about this because it's something, it's a subject, of course, I don't even like the word mental health, to be honest with you. I wish there was another word yeah. to use that, but Farmers are really proud people and they don't like to discuss this. You know, you're always kind of isolated, you know, you're on the farm kind of alone and things like that. And farmers are just tough and proud and they just don't want to admit that they have, you know, mental problems, especially depression issues. And I thought we needed to bring this out into the light and be able to talk about this more. And that, like I said, we've gained national exposure now for these meetings that we're putting on. And basically I want people to You know, be able to reach out, and you know it's okay to not be okay is how we kind of sum this up.
0: And it just we want to be able to have people talk about this now. So you kind of used your, you kind of said that it uh, there earlier in that you know you are you were appointed by three different presidents. You're appointed to the uh, National Dairy Checkoff. So you know you are a name in the industry, and you know you are perceived as being being a successful well-doing dairy farmer would you say that's that's correct right yes that is kind of like i always
1: say my my public image but privately you struggle with it you feel like you're failing
0: is what it is right so you know what you're kind of what you're saying is if you have these problems you know being perceived as being as successful as you are then anybody can have them because it's a we're we're in this as an industry together. We're all going through these struggles together, you know. And uh, you know, I think it's a, I think that's an important point to to make here is that, you know, you are having these problems. Um, so that means that it's very possible, you know, from my from my perspective, you know, somebody who is, you know, featured with, with NCBA CBA to know that they're they're struggling with these problems. That just kind of makes it you know one of those things where we can bind in this all together, and knowing that even the people at the very top are having problems all the way down to to low men um or perceived perceived low men, we all I think we all do a certain part, but uh I think it when we struggle, I think it really kind of brings us together would you Would you agree with that? Exactly. Ever since we
1: started putting on these meetings now, you know, the outpouring of support all across the country has just been tremendous. And, you know, people message me all the time, you know, thank you for doing this and, you know, speaking out about this issue. And that was probably, oh, maybe six weeks ago or something like that. I spoke at a a forum that they had. It was the State of Wisconsin Speakers Task Force on i think it was farmer mental health and suicide awareness and they had i think probably 20 assemblymen from the capital there and what we're trying to do is get some funding available that farmers can get like a voucher and that they could go and have like an hour of counseling and you know just to see once if there's help out there
0: is what it is that's interesting because i i think there's a certain you know we speak about the stigma of mental health and i think that's one of the biggest biggest problems biggest uh like barriers is getting just people to go to counseling and for them to realize, yes, it really does help. And uh, you know, to, to talk about that, those free vouchers, that's I think that's a wonderful idea.
1: I always say, I wish I could go back in my career. Now, if I knew then what I know now, I would have went back in my career, you know, 20, 25 years or whatever. And I would have done like this farmer to farmer counseling, because like I said, nobody understands another farmer like a farmer. And that's the thing. And you go to these counselors and therapists and they just don't understand that farming is very unique. And that's what we need to do is we need to have more people specializing in the health care, mental health care of farmers.
0: I agree with that because I was speaking to a friend of mine who works for the University of Missouri Extension and she's, uh, she's in their outreach program and you know, that was the the biggest problem I think we ha- they had with speaking to farmers about you say you don't like mental health. I don't really like it anymore either. I, a friend of mine is a clinical psychologist and he said, uh, they're starting to use the term behavioral health. And I think that has a little bit more of a positive connotation, but you know, they're the biggest barrier for them to talk to is because people don't get farming and people don't get the agriculture industry. And, uh, You know, so if we have people like you, people like, I mean, even like myself who are involved in agriculture and are willing to talk about these sort of things, I think it breaks sort of those, those barriers down. And she was telling me, you know, the more people who are involved in, that are wanting to talk about this, that are involved in agriculture, the better, because it just, they feel like they are understood when it's somebody, you know coming to them from, instead of a place of sympathy, a place of empathy. Exactly. That's one thing at one of our meetings that
1: I learned too, was I never knew there was, you know, the difference between, I always heard of sympathy, but I never heard of empathy before. Well, you know, sympathy is basically saying, I'm sorry, but empathy is more like, you know, you've lived it, you understand it because you've been there. And that's exactly, I tell everybody now I'm very empathetic with what the situation is because yeah. I lived it. And that's the thing. So, but what I was going to say too, is that my hope with doing all this speaking out is that we're going to get this attention brought to Washington. I know they put money in the new farm bill, for like farmer mental health awareness. I heard that was like maybe 10 million dollars or something like that that they set aside. I heard that figure yesterday at the Farm Aid concert, but the thing of it is is that what I've heard is nobody knows how to access that money and what it's for. Yeah. And that's what the problem is. You know, that's, we need to
0: figure out how to get that money to do something with it. Yeah, that's a that's the hard thing with uh, with government money is it's it's hard to access that sometimes or how to know how to access it. Like you said, and, uh, you know, we don't, won't get too much into that because <laughs> that's probably for a different sort yeah. of podcast than what I'm wanting to do. Yeah. But, uh, I want I do want to talk a little bit. I want to ask you real quick. You say that you've had a lot of people, what's the response been within your community are you getting a lot of people at these meetings in Loganville or is it just a few or what, what, what are the numbers looking like? Well, when we put on our first meeting, we didn't know what to expect. So I think we usually start at
1: like noon to one, we have soup and sandwiches and then we have a few speakers. And like I said, we didn't know, but at our first meeting, I think we had like 45 or 50, I think it was. And then we have a few speakers that come. We've had some farmers that have drove like two, three hours even, Uh, to come to the meetings because the farmers don't want to be seen in their own local communities that are small, that everybody knows they have problems. See, And that's how farmers are. And they'd rather drive to a neighboring community to attend a meeting like this. And so there was a meeting that a friend of mine, he owns a radio station up in Durand, Wisconsin, and he wanted to put on a meeting like this. And so I went up there and his first meeting, he had a hundred people at that meeting then, the first one. And we had representatives there from our uh, in Washington, Ron Johnson's representative and Tammy Baldwin's representatives were there than to hear all this to what we were talking
0: about. Wow, that's, uh, those are good numbers. You know, I mean, it has to start somewhere. And when you can start with, you know, I mean, I, I think if you even would have started with 10 people, it would have been a success just, just to get people, just anyone to get it started. And even if they are going 100 miles, like you say, I mean, it's, it's worth it. Even if they don't want to be seen in their hometowns, at least they are coming somewhere to seek out this kind of help because um, you know it's sure better than nothing. Um, I want to. At our wanna- one meeting, we had our. whoops, sorry.
1: I was just gonna. I was just gonna go on to that. Our Sauk County nurse here in my in my county, she puts on this training called QPR training, and it's called Question, Persuade, and Refer. I guess is what it stands for. And the thing with farmers are is that. You know, they very isolated. They don't want to leave the farm very much. And especially, it's magnified if you're depressed, you know, you don't want to go anywhere. Sure. So we have like, you know, my mail caller, I see him almost every day. And our veterinarians, our nutritionists, the bankers, people like that, that see the farmers. So what we would like to do is put this training on for them that they know what it's like. So they can, you know, they can question the farmers when they're talking and they can persuade them not to do anything. And then they can refer them to the right people. And that's what our goal is right now, and we've been speaking out about that program too. And I believe that's a you know nationwide program
0: called QPR. We do something similar here in Missouri, and it's uh, this is directed more at people who are actual healthcare professionals. We call it mental first aid. I've attended myself a few trainings on that, and uh, you know, and but it sounds like it's very similar to what you guys are doing up there in that. Not necessarily people who are mental health professionals, but people who are who who you interact with on a daily basis. So for me, as a pharmacist, there you know I do have a I do have a background in healthcare, but you know it's not so specialized in mental health. At least you know on my own, other than my own accord, finding you know training myself. But uh, for just a community pharmacist like myself to see these people, you know who you see a lot more often than they may go to their psychologist or their psychiatrist and, you know, seeing them and interacting with them on a day-to-day basis. um, That's just as important, or maybe I might even say a little more important because you get people, you see people in their element and see how people are really doing. And like you say, the people that come to your dairy, people, you know, the vet, the nutritionist, you know, those kind of people, those are the people that really need to be trained because, They're the ones who are seeing you in your element. I had a seed corn salesman
1: here last week and he told me, Randy, you have no idea. He said, every place that I go, he said, everybody is telling me their problems. And he said, it's bad. And I mean, the dairy industry now, we're in our fifth year now of declining prices. And, but everything is bad. Corn, beans, hogs, beef, dairy, especially, you know, and it's just these tariffs and everything like that. The trade issues and we're stuck in the middle and farmers feel they have no way out and like he said every place he goes he hears the same story over and over
0: and you know you just start a loss you don't know what to do after a while yeah i was talking with uh clay conry who he's the he's the host of the working cows podcast and him and i were actually just having a, a phone call conversation a few weeks ago and this is kind of a a unique time in that everyone who is involved in agriculture right now is is going through some price dips you know the dairy, the corn guys, the bean guys, the wheat guys, beef guys, hog guys, everybody's just kind of, kind of in, in the, in the toilet, really. I mean, for lack of a better word, prices are just down everywhere. And, uh, you know, we have to, we have to figure this out. We have to, you know, because unfortunately we are not in control of the markets. Um, but we are in control of our own businesses and control of how we operate. And, uh, I think addressing these issues of of behavioral health are, uh, are key into making sure that our operations are sustainable. I was going to say uh, that another thing is
1: that that goes along with mental health care is taking care of your body physically. And Jason, I follow you, you know, on Facebook and I see you out running once in a while. (laughs) So, you know, that's the thing that people with their physical health. But that's I belong to a gym, too, for a while. But the problem is the farming hours are so different that it's hard to get into a gym. So what I wish they would develop is like an exercise program that farmers could do at home. You know, And even if it's walking, I mean, putting on some headphones or something and just going for a walk or something like that. But the problem is finding that hour a day that you could do something like that. And like I said myself, I used to go to the gym in the morning from six to seven o'clock. Well, we're milking 300 cows. My family, my parents are 80 years old. So here it was this past winter. It's you know very cold, very snowy, and I'd be leaving the dairy at five in the morning to head into town to the gym. And my yeah. mom would say, "Well, where are you going?" I say, "I'm going to the gym." So the optics <laughs> of this wasn't very good. Right. And so, but that's what we need to do. I wish we could work on a program for physical fitness for farmers that that helps with mental clarity also.
0: Yeah, you know, I um, being out here. I you know I kind of had to just take it upon myself to take up running because it was so it it, it meshed with a, with my lifestyle a little bit better than going to the gym every day because you know when you go to the gym you know you've got to drive you know for me I've got to drive a half an hour to get to the gym and then you got to work out and then you've got to shower and you know so it takes up all your morning but here when I'm running at home I can you know I can still especially in the summertime I can still get. I can get runs in and get work done, you know, if not much, just, uh, just a few little chores, feeding some, um, I feed out a few calves a year, you know, for, uh, for bees and, uh, um, you know, I can get the, you know, doing, you know, having an exercise program around home, you know, you don't have to go to the gym and I'm glad you brought that up because that is something that for me in my, you know, dealing with my anxiety getting able to get out there and, and run and, you know, get my heart rate up, you know, that's, that's been a big part of me overcoming my, my struggles with anxiety. And I don't think farmers, ranchers in general, I mean, yes, there, there there's some times where there's some real hard work, you know, I mean, I know I've lived it. I, I continue to live it, you know, but there are times where it's become really mechanized especially, especially like the grain farming, where it's a lot of it's done via machine, via combine, via, you know, via tractor and implements. So it is hard work, long hours, but sometimes, you know, a lot of it's just sitting in a tractor, you know, there's mental, there's mental work going on, but a lot, but a lot of it is it's you're sitting in one stationary place. So even if it's just 30, you know, even 15, 30 minutes a day to just carve out to be physically active can have a an astronomical effect on, on your mental health I, I know that it has done that for me. I do want to kinda transition in a, and I want to talk a little bit. We we spoke of it a little bit earlier and uh, I'm curious to find out how how you've seen I I, I know in the like you said, in the early two thousands we there were some issues going on with alternatives to dairy. And that kind of hit the market around that time, and you know, I noticed you said that was about the time you started having some of your issues. How how is that factoring into our to how we talk about mental health and how how consumers are are challenging your industry and how maybe the producer and the consumer can come together closer on issues like that because we're we're going through this in the beef industry, you know, this is something that's relatively new to us in dealing with the quote unquote fake meat, you know, that's, that's something that we're starting to battle. And uh, I'm curious to see a, what a dairy farmer who's gone through this, like you have, what you can, what you can say about this in uh, promoting your product and maybe putting the minds of farmers and producers to ease.
1: Well, the thing, you know, what bothers me is, is that nowadays with the advent of Google, that I think everybody gets their information from Google University, you know. And so there's so much of this out there that one of my friends told me once never to read the comments on Facebook posts because yes. you read some of these on the animal welfare sites and the pitas of the world or whatever, you know, and a lot of that, these comments are just hurtful and they think that we're cruel to the animals and that meat's not good for you and dairy's not good for you. And, you know, a lot of this, they just don't understand. And I always say they just need to talk to a farmer. And that's how we have to keep getting our message out there because I guess not everybody has the access to a farmer. So that's why they turn to Google. So, I mean, it's hurtful. And when you feel that you're farming and you're trying to produce a quality product, like, you know, your beef or my milk, And then you hear what these people say and it just makes you feel basically like crap that you're ruining the environment. You're hurting animals. And, and that plays with your mind and you think that you're just failing you know what the what the heck are you even doing this for and that's what we need to get the word out there and i know with uh, millennials out there now in that age group are you one
0: of are you a millennial jason <laughs> i don't I'm know guilty. what the age group i, is. I am i'm guilty <laughs> i'm an early they actually call me um, i heard somebody refer to my age group my age demographic as they're tween, we're tweeners in that we we aren't gen xers you know we're a little, little further advanced, but we're not quite millennial. I was born in eighty three, so I'm, uh, I technically am a millennial. But I, 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 have qualities that I like to think that they're the good qualities of both the Gen Xers and the millennials. Um, <laughs> I don't know about that, but, uh, but yes, I, I am technically via the definition of millennial.
1: We'll see with the millennials. What we found out too is is that everything, you know, everything's changing so fast. We have to provide the information out there for them. They want to be informed. They don't want to be educated. They want to make up their own minds. So we can't have people out there preaching and that, oh, you got to drink milk or you got to eat meat and stay healthy and things like that. We have to present the facts for them so they can make informed decisions on their own. And that's what we're facing with our industries right now. And so we have to have a lot of new innovation
0: in the dairy industry. And that's what we're working on with these different, uh, you know, carton that's in schools that has been outdated for decades and
1: the thing is that we need to make these new innovative innovative products that come out
0: i listen to i don't know if you're familiar with cody creelman he's a he's the cow vet um he has a podcast a blog, but uh, anyway he uh he was he's talking about how you know technology forever has disrupted the agriculture industry it um you know he his first example is people used to actually cut ice from lakes to provide ice for people and uh you know they realized you know it would be much more efficient for them to 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 create something that actually kept things cold and that was how the refrigerator was invented so these things like you say like these these dairy alternatives and um more recently these uh these new meat alternatives—they—they they are nothing new to the industry. They themselves are new, but things like them, things disruptors, like I, like Cody likes to call them, they're not new. And we are there's just something else that we're going to have to deal with. And uh, I, for myself, I believe in—I believe in dairy, I believe in beef, and I believe that. We have a chance here as business owners, as producers, to showcase that our, our products are superior to these alternatives, as, as has been shown in generations past. You know, so I think instead of trying to, and I think you, you guys in the dairy industry have done a, a pretty good job at showing, you know, that you guys can have a superior product um, I think that we in the beef industry, too, can can learn a lot from you and, and doing the same.
1: One thing I'd like to touch on, too, that uh, I was telling you that I attended Farm Aid Concert yesterday, and it was my first time there, and I was invited as a guest to go up on stage to meet everybody for the press conference, and when we were listening to them talk, they spoke a lot about small local farms, organic, non-GMO, things like that, and myself being a larger producer with 300 cows, I thought maybe this is my chance in the future to be involved because sure, I have a larger farm. It's a family farm, but we as modern agriculture have a great story to tell. And that's why I want to get involved more with the farm aid to show them that there is a whole other side out there because you're not going to be able to feed millions or billions of people, whatever we have on the planet now. You can't feed them all with just conventional organic or what do you want to say organic crops
0: yeah i mean i do think you know you it goes back to what you were saying earlier about these niche markets i mean that is a there is a place for that i do believe it but at the same time we we already have a global food shortage i mean there are people all around this world starving and um right now larger operations serve a purpose and uh, I do believe that these, these larger operations like yourself have a place, you know, have a place in, in the future of agriculture because, you know, what are we, what are we doing here? We're, we're trying to feed, feed a growing population and we have to do that as efficiently and cost productive
1: as possible. Well, the thing is, is that not everybody has the financial resources that they can go to. Uh, I don't want to say the name, we'll just say it starts with a big W, <laughs> the grocery store, one by the big A. <laughs> if not everybody could go there and buy a dozen of free range brown eggs for eight dollars a dozen. So that's kind
0: of what we're faced with right now. And I think I think it's important for people to realize that even though the organic free range, whatever kind of buzzword you want to put on there, they may people may say they are better for you but some nutrition just the conventional agriculture is better than nothing you know and it's you know we can we can talk about you know the difference in them that's probably for somebody else to speak about that other than me but uh you know using getting protein and getting our nutrition is you know wherever you can get that from by whatever means you know it's better than nothing you know, I think, and I think you, I think you would agree with that. So I do, I I would just like to touch on this one subject too, that being involved with the dairy checkoff
1: program, I know the different uh, facets of the Programs that we have out there, and one of them that I'm very proud of is because we want to start children on the right nutritional track. You know when they're younger, so we have this program called Fuel Up to Play 60, and we work with all the NFL football teams. And you know Fuel Up to Play 60, so it's basically about fueling up, you know, eating right, and then playing for 60 minutes a day. So you get your exercise and your right nutrition. And we work currently with 73,000 school districts and we or schools, and we work with. 38 million students. So it's quite a huge program. So that's all about getting the word out about nutrition and exercise. And what does that lead into? Good mental health is what, you know, that's all part of the whole spectrum. If you're exercised, you're well, nut- nutrition is good, then your mental health, that
0: all plays in together. Good stuff. We're speaking today with Randy Roker. He's a dairy farmer from Loganville, Wisconsin. He has been open and able to discuss his own challenges with his with his own mental health. And uh, he's been able to kind of bring that issue to the table with some of his some of his peers and some of the people in his own community and is is doing a wonderful job doing that. And uh, I do want to talk to you just a little bit longer. I want to talk to you. I want to find out more about your experience yesterday attending Today is September twenty second. I'm not sure this will probably come out sometime in October. This uh, this podcast will, but I want to touch on you. Just attended Farm Aid yesterday, and I want to I want to hear about your experience there, and I want to hear what people are talking about in in that circle.
1: Well, I'm very glad that I had the opportunity to attend Farm Aid. Uh, you know, I I've known about it for decades, but really now is my chance to find out where the money goes because that's the question everybody says. They raise all this money. There was over 30,000 people there yesterday at this concert and where does the money go? And so that's what I want to try and get involved in right now too. So I went there. So I attended the press conference then. It was 11 o'clock till noon and I sat up on stage with all the artists and like I said, their idea of agriculture is different than what the modern agriculture that we have today. And I want to be able to take my information that I have on my own farm and bring it to the farm aid people and do that. So when I was there, I also spoke on a panel about mental health. And it was very interesting. I was there with two psychologists, I believe is what they call them. And so I was on the panel with them and it was very interesting what we spoke about. And people were very open to us talking about this there
0: what was the, what were the attitudes of folks you know um when you brought up this because like i say you said there the the crowd there is a little bit different i think and uh maybe somebody who are just there to see the the artist and uh you know the the crowd is a little probably more on the you know not not your typical ag crowd um, so what when you brought up these these issues with mental health, what were the what were the reactions to that? from people that maybe were are not as as involved in agriculture as we are? The panel
1: that I spoke on, I think we had maybe seventy five people there, something like that. And it was very well received. A lot of people came up to me afterward. I did several interviews. Um, I think this next week, I have four more interviews scheduled. (laughs) I did a few yesterday. I even was on Sirius Radio, Willie's Roadhouse Channel Yeah, I saw that. That was pretty cool. Yeah. So it was an experience to do that. They told me I was going to be going on. And I said, well, like, is it recorded? No. He said, you're on live on Willie's Roadhouse. (laughs) So that was a different experience. (laughs) No pressure. But the whole thing is... Yeah. The thing of it is, is that we're being more open to talking about this now. And like I said, mental health used to just be pushed aside, but now it's coming out into the forefront that it's
0: going to be okay to start talking about this. That's good. You know, the more people that are pulling on this rope, the better, you know, the, the more people we have involved that are, are speaking and making this okay to talk about the better, because, You know, it's not like we talked about earlier. It's not such an easy thing to talk about with anyone and especially, especially farmers, you know, especially ranchers, because, you know, it's just, you know, we're taught to be resilient and we're taught to be independent. And those are wonderful, wonderful character traits. I don't want to downplay that at all because being involved in, you know, growing up on a farm and working on a farm and raising my kids on one. There are some valuable lessons of independence and resilience that uh, I would never take away from that. But at the same time, it does not lend itself to outside help very often. And uh, I want people to realize that yes, it is it is okay to talk about this because it is a real life issue. It's no different than having high blood pressure. It's no different than having high cholesterol. These are real medical problems that need to be addressed. And I. I listened to a podcast that said mental health is, you know, it's not just about people who have problems, you know, have diagnosable conditions. It's on a spectrum. You know, there's some, you know, you don't have to be diagnosed with anxiety to be anxious. You know, it's all there. You know, we all can experience it. You know, some people have worse problems than others, but it's, you know, it's important to know that we can still talk about it. The thing is with farmers is that it's not always, you know, work
1: harder to get, you know, get your mind off of it. It doesn't work that way. You just
0: don't work harder. I mean, when you have this deep issue inside you, it's hard to get over that. And and especially sometimes when it's the work that is causing the issues, you know, that, um, you know, maybe not the work itself, but the, the outside factors that are causing it, you know, um, you know that can maybe even when you get more lost in that, that make it may even make it worse. I don't know for sure about that, but you know if you don't get out and talk to somebody, you can't you you can't realize what's going on in your own head sometimes until you get it out in front of someone and and how how deep your issues are until you until you get it out in front of people. Randy, we're running just a little bit short on time, so I want to give you an opportunity to. Where can people find you on on social media and uh, how, how can people maybe get in contact with you to where they can uh, maybe pick your mind about uh, if they want to start something similar to what you started? Sure. I'm on
1: Facebook. If anybody wants to look me up on there, you're welcome to do that. I post a lot of different things on there, not only about you know my personal farm life, but a lot about what I'm doing, speaking out about this
0: issue too. Great. And uh, do, you have a, do you have a Twitter handle? well, I have a Twitter, but I don't use it. <laughs> I'm the same <laughs> way. I don't use so I it guess. either as much as I should. I, you know, I, there's a lot of people involved in agriculture that are really exclusively on Twitter. And, uh, I don't know, I, I, I just not something I'm just really, I don't, I don't know why I just have a hard time. I was talking to another friend of mine who is, you know, active on social media, um, as, as far as being a, an advocate for the ag industry. And, uh, she was telling me the same thing. She says, yeah, I'm active on Facebook, but I just really can't get into using Twitter. And I don't know. I don't know what it is about it. <laughs> I was—I think I was one of the first ever, like I had, I've had i had Facebook since like 2005 when I was a junior in college. So, I mean, I, I've had it a long time. So I'm so familiar with it. Um, it's, I'm, you know, I'm not especially well-versed in, in technology. So uh, I guess just kind of going, using that has been my, my platform of choice so uh so yeah so reach out to Randy on facebook he uh he he's uh he is a willing advocate of both the ag industry and of talking about mental health and talking and bringing it to the forefront as you can see from the various articles that he's been featured in the various even news newscasts that he's been uh, been featured in and uh he's he's a great asset for, for our industry um, Randy, anything else you'd like to add?
1: Well, that's just about it, I guess, Jason. I guess one thing is, you know, it's okay to talk
0: about this. And that's just what I wanted to bring out into the open. Yeah, that's great. And that's what I'm really trying to get. And that's really what I'm trying to establish with this podcast is, you know, we want to get people willing to talk about it. And, you know, it may not happen with with, a, with the generation currently in charge, but I want I, if nothing else, I want it to be, okay for the new guys coming in to talk about it and make that part of their normal their normal conversations you know the new the new generation of farm and ranch managers because it is it's 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 crucial to the sustainability of our industry that, that we take care of ourselves because if we don't take care of ourselves then everything else around us suffers all right Randy, good stuff I appreciate it and uh, I, I really appreciate you taking your time to be on the Ag State of Mind podcast today. And uh, I look forward to hearing more from you and uh, keep up doing the good work, my friend. Thanks a lot, Jason. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to Ag State of Mind. We hope this episode has encouraged you. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Ag State of Mind. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify so you never miss an episode. See you next week.